Welcome, welcome. Episode 53, No Clue Podcast, we're back. Uh, what is this, week three of the playoffs of the second round? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, alright. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. Alright, let's get right into it, man. Uh, Which series? <laughs> let's, let's start with the um, people on vacation. One, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> yeah, the fishing trip. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, there's I don't even know where to start. All right. Um, okay, so the Celtics got knocked off, got de- destroyed by the Bucks. Actually, yeah, that's that's the crazy part. Like, you know, it's it's not a surprise. It's not a shock that they lost to Milwaukee mm-hmm. because Milwaukee's a great team. But the way they lost. <laughs> By getting destroyed twice <laughs> in, in a row. In every times. way. Yeah, I mean, essentially, they got swept to me. They won the first game and then lost four straight. Yeah, gentlemen's. That's, yeah, right. So, um, obviously, the big questions. Kyrie. What's next for Kyrie. I like that Is he crossed something? his arms in the post-game interview. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people really read into that. <laughs> Him crossing his arms? Yeah. Why? I saw a lot of people joking like he's out of there. Like I forgot who they... Uh, it was like a movie reference that I saw, like a bunch of comments and like jokes made, but I can't remember <laughs> the reference. Oh, uh, well. But <clears throat> just, uh, you know, to me... It's all Kyrie's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are so many little things to point out to why it's his fault. Because, okay. like, guys shoot poorly. That happens. Even great players shoot poorly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kobe's, how many times has Kobe shot trash just to win the game at the end? Right. Uh, we heard from Max Kellerman this week. Right. So, it's not the fact that he's shoot Like, people are really focusing on the fact that he's shooting poorly. But, like, you have to watch the shots he takes to see, like, what the problem is. And plus, we talked on here before, um, the, that last game of the playoffs when Kobe shot horribly, he finished the game with 22 rebounds. Right. So, he still was doing something in the game. Yeah. And that's also one of Kyrie's problems if he's not shooting well he's just he might as well not be there yeah and it's just like it's it's how you carry yourself on the court as the best player Mm -hmm. and and i expect this from great coaches and i'll get in there's another series where i saw an example of this with a coach but to me your leader should always have the body language the mentality that you you have a chance to win the game Mm-hmm. Like if you look at Giannis, Giannis is always he looks ready to go at all times. Right. He's playing super aggressive. He's contributing any way he can, any way he knows how. And Kyrie, it's like if he's if he's shooting the ball poorly, but he's not helping himself because he continues to take awful rushed shots. And on top of that you're getting walked by as a defender. Mm-hmm. So you're not contributing on offense. You're really not creating place for your teammates. Like, what are you doing on the court? 
Right. And, yeah. like, you, you really had to watch the games to notice, man. He had awful body language throughout the last two, three games. Terrible body language. I didn't see him talking to anybody. Right. Um, he wasn't just, he just wasn't making plays. And, you know, the thing is, um, and I think I alluded to uh, Gilbert Arenas' comments on Kyrie before. If they weren't, like, he had to take highlight shots. Why doesn't Kyrie ever take easy shots? Ever. Never. He never takes, I mean, he easily could do a one dribble pull up and not, like, someone not be in his face. Right. But he chooses to take, like, the hardest shots possible. And even when he's not on, he continues to take hard shots. Most people, when they're off, they say, okay, well, let me just, you know, step in and get an easy mid-range. You know, I have an open three, I'm a pump fake and get an open mid-range. No, Kyrie just will just jack in someone's face. Yeah, man. And, and when your best player is playing outside of the offense, he's taking awful shots, mm-hmm. and he's really not contributing in any way, you can't expect the role players to play well. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I, Jason Tatum needs to be better, but he needs the ball to be better. You can't ask a guy who doesn't touch the ball for five, six minutes to all of a sudden make plays. Right. It's the same issue with Gordon Hayward. Like, at this point, Gordon Hayward's a role player. Even yeah. even when he was at his peak in Utah, he was like a role player on steroids. Right. So you're asking a guy, you're bringing him in off the bench, he goes an extended stretch doing nothing, and then you hand him the ball and you're like, you know what, go make plays. Run the pick and roll, go make plays. Right, no, he's he's someone who gets his points in the play. Right. Yeah, that's his game. And, and all these guys are not, like, they're not really creators. Like, they have a number of good players, you know, to some their roster is stacked, and... Mm-hmm. Outside of Kyrie and maybe Marcus Morris, who can really create their own shot on a consistent level? <laughs> Marcus Morris. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, no Morris was, has been their best player this season to me. Yeah, I, honestly, I think Rozier is probably the best at creating his own shot by himself, and he's still not consistent. Yeah. And it, the only reason I say that is because he doesn't always take the same shot. Like Kyrie takes the same shot every time he goes one on one with somebody. Yeah, Rozier has a um, but also Rozier is usually doing it on the bench player, right? Off. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with everything you said for sure. And the thing is, a, a lot of people misunderstand someone being able to score a bucket one on one doesn't mean they're a one on one go to guy. Like Hayward in the right mismatch or in the right in the right groove, he can take somebody one-on-one and get a bucket. That doesn't mean that's when he's his best. That doesn't yeah. mean he's playing his best game doing that. Um and yeah, they have a lot of really good pieces. That's the problem. They have good pieces, but they don't have a stacked team. They're stacked with pieces. You know? Yeah, but if anything, I'm excited as a Celtics fan. You know, what happens w- next? With the assumption that Kyrie is leaving. Uh-huh. And and I'm not going to lie to you, and, and this probably won't happen, but I will earn a lot of respect for Kyrie if he stays. <laughs> I 
I think he's going to sign there, but I don't think he's going to stay. I think it'll be a sign and trade. That would be interesting, but it it's just to me Boston should be excited because you know, a lot of these guys are just getting better and better. Yeah. Because I I'm not going to lie, you know, I shit on Brown however many episodes and he's been great in the playoffs. Yes, he's been the second most consistent player in the playoffs to me. Right, which is crazy. Yeah. And the thing is, he just, I think in the playoffs, he did what he does. He did what he does best. He dunked on guys. He took open shots. And took open shots and played hard D. He didn't play good D all the time, but it was hard D. Right. You know? And that's more than you can ask for most of the time. Yeah. Um. And, and like, Tatum's only going to flourish without Kyrie. Yeah, Tatum needs the ball, like, way too much. I, I don't know if that was the Kobe workouts or... I don't know why, with his toolkit, that he needs the ball for, like, eight seconds of the play. You know what I got to criticize him for? Um, I thought his three-pointer, as the series went on, became more and more broken. Yeah. I don't know if it was... I don't know if he made some kind of technical adjustment to it that made it worse or if it was just a confidence thing or maybe just, you know, cold shooting. Mm-hmm. But his three-pointers became more ugly as the series went on. Like, right. watching him in, in the last game, I'm like, like it's really it, – he has a hard time getting off a contested shot. Right. Like, he has a hard time getting into his shot quickly. And and on top, like his misses were so bad. Like he had one that went straight backboard. I think one was an air ball. Like, dude, at some like, what is going on? And he's hitting mid range shots, which is crazy to me. Yeah. So, like I was really confused at what happened to his three pointer because you know last year he was insanely efficient from three. Yeah, he was. He was a scoring machine last year. Just all, all right, around. right. And I, I don't know if it's the fact that he doesn't have the ball. But even if you don't have the ball, you, you know, mechanically, you can't be missing, you know, straight backboard. Right. Rhythm or not, you have to be a better shooter than that. <laughs> right. Um, but besides that, man, yeah, it all comes back to Kyrie. It yeah. Just and then Marcus Smart trying to defend him, saying it's BS. That it's all his fault, or Brad Stevens saying I messed up. Like y'all can all say that shit, but people watch the games, right? Y'all acting like y'all giving us a recap of a practice that we weren't, we didn't have access to. Like we saw what's going on. We saw the things Kyrie was saying after the game. Yeah, like the delusional. Uh, I'm oh twenty three shots. Next time I should shoot thirty. I'll or I'll never shoot eight for twenty two again. He got worse and worse in saying that. <laughs> yeah, and the leadership, I mean... And it's always, it's always the inexperience or it's, it's the fucking uh, bench's fault or if it's a rhythm thing or if it's a ball movement thing. Like, bro, just come out. Like, you can't play like garbage and blame other things as the problem. Right. You know, at least Embiid, for whatever reason, he's been garbage... And he's come out in post game interviews and say, you know what, I got to be better. Whatever the problem is, I have to play better. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. That's what I want to hear from a leader. Right. And Kyrie's always pointing to like he had the audacity to say, uh, like blame the inexperience as a thing. Like, are the Bucks experienced? 
the Bucks have never been in the fucking conference finals. Like, right? You can't yeah. point to that as an issue. The Bucks are in the same boat that you are. Yeah, and the Bucks are also really young. Too. Right. It's just shocking to me, man. Like, he just kept having something to point at. Right. And that's such a shitty. Like, you never want your leader to do that. Right. What kind of message does that send to where he's pointing fingers at guys, you know, calling out that they have to play better? Right. Uh, I totally agree. I mean, I'm curious where he goes, and we'll probably get into that more, like, you know, probably after the the season ends. Well, right now, give me some possible destinations you, that you think would be nice for him. New York. What else? Um, L.A. Uh, I do got to admit, um, and, and Max has been on some bullshit the last week from first take, but yeah. he had one point of the fact that both LeBron and Kyrie have been humbled being apart from each other. Because neither of them have obviously thrived in in the situation that they're in. Right. Uh and I it would be interesting to see if they teamed up again. But New York isn't the obvious one. Um the Nets would be very strange. I think I mean I don't see him going to the Clippers, but that would be pretty cool. because uh, the Clippers are one of those teams that like they need a exciting player, but they're not really they don't have any position that's necessarily a weakness. Right. So they'd be in good shape getting any of those star free agent guys. Yeah, I can see that. I agree with that too. But with the way he's been acting, he should go to the fucking Knicks. <laughs> go to the what? Knicks and just to be a one man show? Yeah, man. The fans will love him there. He'll put on shows every night, you know. But I think he'll have more pressure on himself. I mean, at this point, I he's not a leader, and it would be interesting to see him go to a team that kind of has to start from the ground up. Yeah. Uh, but he's not a number one guy wherever he goes. <laughs> if he goes somewhere as a number one guy, he's setting himself up for a failure. Right. Well, that, uh, he would be in the Knicks, at the Knicks. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's assuming yeah, that they're going to get two people. Yeah, well, Durant's value just went down. So <laughs> yeah, I I'm... do want to talk about the Bucks a little bit. Okay, go ahead. I'm ready. I got to say, man, they they look objectively like the best team in the playoffs. I agree. Yeah. Right now, the way the Greek Freak's playing, and, and his, his stats have been a little deceiving, in terms of, like, he hasn't been single-handedly carrying them to wins. Like, his stats kind of make it seem. Right. You know, a lot of his fourth-quarter points in the last game were when the game was pretty much out of reach. Yeah. Uh, but, man, the Bucks, the Bucks have a squad. Yeah. Another team that doesn't really have a glaring weakness at any position. Uh, you know, Brook Lopez has been, you know, he's... He's a threat even when he's not playing well. Uh, similar to what Marc Gasol is as a shooter, where he's not really that consistent of a shooter, but you have to guard him out there. Right. And Lopez will hit 
you know, he'll miss five easy shots and make the sixth shot that's contested. Mm-hmm. And Lopez is also a lot smarter finishing around the basket than people give him credit for. Yeah, and he's also, you know, a smart offensive player passing and right. everything. Right. Yeah. I would like to see him get a little more inside shots, but, you know, with the Greek freak, you do have to spread the floor. Right. Um, I mean, I'm I'm super impressed with uh, Middleton. Yeah. Just watching him, man, it's the perfect kind of guard where he's a great shooter. He'll get to the basket. He has a he finishes with right or left. He finishes through contact. He finishes over the top of defenders. You mm-hmm. know, he he's, he has good footwork. He doesn't really get taken out of his rhythm. Right. Uh, I I love everything about his offensive game. He also makes extra passes when you need him to. Yeah, he's another one of those guys I think definitely is succeeds within the play. You know, when they run yeah. plays for him and he gets an open look. Yeah. You can pretty he's, much count it. When he's making plays, uh, you know, I can't really picture anybody beating these guys. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and if Connaughton's going to hit shots and dunk on people, not dunk on people, but just get steals and get fast break dunks and George Hill's going to steal Kyrie's powers uh, and just look like a – I mean, George Hill at one point looked like goddamn Russell Westbrook going to the rack. Yeah, he did. Duncan. Right. Like, yo, how do you just get walked by? Right. He's catching backside lobs. He's hitting pull-up threes in transition. Yeah. Like, it just, they're they're stacked, man. They really are. Yeah, they are. Ilya Sova is a a solid vet to come off the bench. Yeah. Uh, And, and, you know, Bledsoe's kind of the big question mark for me. Because I, you never really know what you're gonna get with him, but, mm-hmm. you know, he has to be. You know, I said it before. He has to be aggressive, even when he's not playing well. His aggression does so much for the team. You know, when he yeah. drives and gets deep, he kicks it out. Guys right. are wide open. You know, um, and and this might be a theme of all the guards we talk about today. But I would like again, I would like to see him make better decisions. Yeah. Consistently. He's been in the league for a long time. He's been on the Bucks for a couple years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets out of control a little more often than he should. Right. But he definitely has to attack. I agree with that. Yeah. And and if Greek Freak continues to hit threes at a respectable level. <laughs> uh, that is what's crazy. Those, I mean, you're not when stopping you back up him. off of them and they're cash. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, when he you let him set his one. feet, I know he's he's got a solid shot. I, he's been working, man. Yeah, yeah. He needs to start making more free throws. He but... does. He's been awkwardly struggling from the line, right? And he's leaving a lot of them short. From what I'm seeing, he's kind of like he's going through his motion, and then his legs straighten out, and his release is kind of delayed for a split second, right? And I I don't think that's like a permanent thing for him. I think it's just maybe it's a, like just being tired and not focusing. But mm-hmm. I, I'm sure the Bucks will will get that right. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, the reason I ask about uh, Kyrie um, leaving, um, I'll come back to the Bucks in a second. But 
I wonder if Kyrie needs to choose a team where a team that needs him. Maybe he needs to go to a team that doesn't need him as much. Well, that's where he becomes a number two guy. Right. And he could thrive as a number two guy. Um, we saw it with LeBron. And and I hate that like he, he gets so much credit for the, the the finals runs they went on with LeBron. Yeah. And and it's fucking it's it's nonsense. I mean, whatever you want to say, and Kyrie was great, and you know, I'm not disputing that, but he was brought along for the ride. Yeah, he was. LeBron carried him to Vic like no matter what his stats say, no matter the fact that he took more shots, it was the LeBron show. Yeah. So, you know, now he you just I hate everything that he's just said in any interview over the past year. And I hate the kind of men. And there's reports. I don't know if you saw Jared Dudley on ESPN this morning. He was talking about like, he just doesn't talk to people sometimes for weeks at a time. (laughs) How does Dudley know that? Dudley's he's, he has sources around the league Uh, that he just, he just goes missing sometimes. That's crazy. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, like, you know, and it's been reported from other people that he's had, like, mood swings. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not questioning, you know, his emotional well-being or anything, but, like, you can't, you can't behave that way as a leader. Right. And right. He, coming into Boston, he made us believe he was ready to overcome any issues to that extent. Yeah. And um, he just proves more and more that he should be off the ball. For sure. The more he plays. And um, I don't, you know, his ego is part of it, you know. I think he, I don't know if I've ever seen someone want to be a star so bad as Kyrie. I mean, I don't know why. He is a star. Like, he's. He universally is labeled as the best ball handler in basketball. Right. You know, his movie was moderately successful. <laughs> For some reason. Right. Yeah. And, like, it was a decent movie. It wasn't Thunderstruck. You know what I mean? <laughs> or it wasn't, like, some other garbage half-hearted attempt at a, just milking the fucking fame out of a player. Right. Like, his movie actually... Like, you can make a sequel to Uncle Drew, to be honest. Yeah, you could, yeah. And people would watch it, mm-hmm. but I, it's just it's his personality, man. Yeah, and you have to be able to if you have issues, you know, because you're under such a microscope as a great player. You either have to say the crap he's been saying and going out and dropping thirty, forty a night, right? Or you just have to, you know, not have any personality when you deal with the media. Right. It'd be like Kawhi. Don't, you know, with Kawhi, you never know if he's pissed off or if he's happy or if he's a fucking sociopath. Right. But I'm sure that's by Kawhi's choice. Mm-hmm. So, it's just, it's, things have to change for him this summer, man. And and these playoff exits for guys like Russ and, and him, hopefully these guys take the opportunity to look at themselves and see, like, their, the glaring flaws that they have. Yeah, you want to get into that to the, all the guards getting exposed? 
Or you want to? Uh... Uh, we'll go through it series by series. Uh, right, what, there's a number the of other guards. Where you want to go next? Um, let, let's stay in the East. Oh, okay. Uh, let's talk about Toronto and Philly. Okay. Um, there's no excuse for what happened in Game Five. <laughs> Why you say that? Um, every Raptors player looked like looked better than every Sixers player. Agreed. Every Raptors player looked faster than every Sixers player. Yep. Every P- Raptors player wanted it more than any Sixers player. Yep. And and that is shocking to me in a game five of the yeah. second round of a team that a lot of a lot of people argue on paper has the best the second best starting five in the league. Right. And I I'm one of those people. I think they should have the best, second best starting five in the league. They should, but they don't because, you know, we and, all see what they do. And um, I'm not going to get into the game today uh, just because, you know, I'm I'm sure the series is over. Mm-hmm. And even if they win today, even if Philly wins today, I have no faith in them winning game seven. Okay. And I'll let you talk about Embiid because, you know, he's sick. So that's kind of how to explain all the poor play. Is it? Just, I, I, I got a concern with another aspect of this. Okay, go ahead. If Embiid is sick, and he's been awful the last two games. Mm-hmm. Just, just awful. Yeah. Um, Brett Brown, what are you doing? Marjanovic hasn't even seen hardwood. <laughs> what is Brett Brown? First of all, why did Embiid play in the third quarter of game five? When they were already getting whooped, they were bro. It was thirty-seven, seventeen. It was over in like the early second quarter, right? And Embiid is what the fuck are you doing playing him when he's obviously not himself, right? You 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 have the you have the drop back game six. If anything, he shouldn't have played at all in game five. I'm with you. Last time he didn't play, Ben Simmons was unleashed. <laughs> and Ben Simmons yeah. looks like he doesn't belong on the court. Yeah. Like, bro, it's it I don't understand how your point guard is so limited and you know his limitations and you don't do anything to help him uh play to his strengths. Right. And and it's some of it is on him because like Ben, like you, there's no excuse for not getting better as a player every year, right? And from his play, Ben Simmons has not gotten better. You're right. And the thing is, and I'm with you on the Brett Brown because I don't know why. When Embiid is out there, Embiid and Tobias, like they don't spread the floor for Ben Simmons to even get like good looks. He has to, Ben always has to take like these highlight spectacular euro steps and spins to get right. a shot off but it shouldn't be that way it should be an easy mismatch and post up and just you know you're bigger and stronger than the guy guarding you right. most of the time um and brett brown doesn't foster that so ben looks worse because ben is like trying to play something that he's not right and um 
Embiid, sometimes that is on the player's choice, though, about playing. You know, sometimes when it's a superstar, the coach really just can't do anything about it. You know, I mean, the players can go are kind of over their head in a way. I'm not disagreeing with you on that point, but it doesn't seem like Brad Brown could do much of anything. <laughs> You're right. And what a, what a piece of shit move. And nobody really gave him shit for this. But there's no need to expose the fact that Embiid is sick. Like, yeah. after the game, after game, I think, four, he comes out and immediately points to the fact that he was sick and he texted me at 6 a.m. And, and you know, the, the ESPN analysts, the Fox analysts, they've all bitched about it. But, like, why would you expose that? It looks like you're just pointing the blame. Yeah. I at mean... least that's how I, I saw it. I'm like... It just looks like you're throwing your star player under the bus. Yeah. And the thing is, similar to what we said about Kyrie, and it's just with all leaders, and coaches are supposed to be leaders, right? In most cases, unless you're LeBron's coach a lot of times. No, you have uh, coaches always have to be leaders, even if it's to a lesser degree in LeBron's case. Right, yeah. They need to be leaders. And similar to Kyrie's situation, he should have just said, you know, I didn't coach good. Brad Stevens did it. This year, I coached like garbage. This, he said it right after the game, and that's fine. Right. It's not good, but at least you admit that you need improvement. But you can't come out and just say, you know, my players just played like trash. Right. Like, Or my players just weren't feeling good. So, Oh, we have a prideful group. We have a group that doesn't give up. How can you say that when you're coming off a game where it looks like your group gave up? Right. Like, they looked awful in every aspect of basketball. Yeah. Jimmy Butler was getting walked around like he can't play defense. Right. That Like, there's no excuse. Some of that By has everybody. to go to the coach. I think Norman Powell even took Jimmy to the rack. Right. Like, when, no, when none of the players are prepared, you have to look at the coach and ask, what are you doing? Right. And the guys clearly are not responding to him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, in terms of the Raptors, uh, I, I mean, I like how they play. You know, they they have a defense first team. Mm-hmm. They they might have the best starting five defensively in the league. Yeah, I think we. Uh, you know, I think we probably mentioned as, it before, but yeah, I think we did say as soon as Gasol went there. Yeah. We, we said there's two defensive player of the years. Right. Ibaka's led the league in blocks twice. Danny Green's an amazing defender. Lowry's all defense, I think, once or twice. I mean, you know, we see it. Yeah, man. I, I, I really like... Um, and, and it's Siakam's hard to... Versatile defender. Yeah. And, you know, we know what Leonard can do. Right. He could retire guys by just taking the ball from them multiple possessions in a row. I forget <laughs> about ben you, Ben McLemore. <laughs> Shout out to Ben. Um, but no, man, like it's hard to really, it's hard to really point to things in Game Five because they just, they're just they just kill them. Like, yeah, and the thing is, and this isn't, I'm not trying to downplay the Raptors' win. It was a great win, but they aren't really playing. They aren't playing like they're, um, 
when you're watching the game, it doesn't look like the Raptors are dominating them. Right, I agree with that. They're not playing like at this amazingly high level. They're just playing a lot better than the Sixers. <laughs> you know, we've seen the Warriors just go bananas and just like everything goes in. They stop every play. Same thing with the Bucks and even the Celtics at times. But the Raptors, they just they're just playing better. Yeah. No one's shooting like an amazing percentage. They make key plays. Yeah, they do, yeah. Like Lowry will get an assist right when you need a bucket. Yep. Leonard will hit a tough shot right when you need a bucket. Danny Green will hit a three right when you need one. Yeah. Like Siakam's all over the place all the time. He'll get out in transition and get a breakaway dunk like when you need it. It's all it's all big plays. And I, I'll tell you this. I don't know if it's Nurse or it's um, run over plays from um, Casey, but their plays are very well executed. I don't know if it's the Sixers' bad defense. Could be that too. But when they run a play, they get a look every play. Yeah. Like you can see that they're like the play is being run. They're setting two screens. Kawhi's coming off the screen. And then Kawhi's like wide open. Or. If he's not open, he's in a good position to take a good shot, you know, high percentage shot. Um, and that that helps everyone. Danny Green, he's an in-play kind of guy. And Kawhi, for the most part, is an in-play kind of guy. He gets buckets. Don't get me wrong. He can go one-on-one, but he's at his best in play. All those guys are. Lowry, too. And but that's then, credit to Kawhi because even though he's been insanely hot, for the most part of this series, mm-hmm. um, he's stayed within the play for a majority of the time. Yeah, that's that's when he's best. That's the, right. the thing is, Kawhi is just he just doesn't miss a lot of easy shots. Kawhi doesn't miss easy shots. Right. And that's one thing I will say. I know I hate on Kawhi a lot on here, but I think what makes Kawhi such a efficient scorer and what makes him score so many points, if Kawhi has an easy shot, he's not missing it. Right, I agree with that. Very rarely. Kawhi doesn't do like the Kobe-esque or the, obviously, Kyrie, like the insane, oh my God, how did he just score that? Kawhi just, when it's a mismatch, Kawhi scores every time he gets a mismatch. Every time. He's very disciplined, similar to his personality. (laughs) Yeah, and and that's Popovich. Right, for the most part. Because everyone who's went through Popovich is the same way. Even <laughs> even George Hill is showing the same thing. Right. And um, one thing about Kawhi, like his assist numbers aren't great, mm-hmm. but he is a willing passer. He is. Like ass- he... Assists are sometimes deceptive. Uh, yeah. like, uh, like Kyrie, I thought, a number of times just throws the ball to get an assist. Right. Yeah. Kawhi, if, he, if the swing pass is the play to make, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll make that play. And and that's the thing he's he plays within the system right. and he just makes every shot. Um, I I mean the Raptors, they're really good, but I don't know what's gonna happen next round if they make it past the Sixers, which I'm not calling it early, but if they do, I don't know how I can call the next round, man. I, I don't think they can handle the Bucks. You I think know, the Bucks are equally as deep. Kawhi, our, Kawhi is going to have to just continue to do what he's been doing. <laughs> right. 
and yeah. Greek Freak, you know, it's it's good. I hope they guard each other for the most of the series. Mm, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, which I don't know be, who else which can. Would just be awesome because to me, to me, I mean, you know, playoff. You got to update your resume, and best way to do that is the playoffs. And they have separated themselves as the two clear cut best players in the Eastern Conference. Oh yeah, by a long shot. You know, yeah. fuck Embiid, fuck Kyrie. Yeah, like playoffs determine where you stand, right? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, you know, we don't really know if Kawhi is going to stay an Eastern player much longer, but I'd be surprised if he leaves. I think it would be dumb on his part to leave, because the thing is, uh, and you know, I hate to every time we talk about Kawhi to say something that sounds like I'm hating, but I don't see Kawhi as a single all like single superstar on a team that's not good. Like if Kawhi went to the Knicks, I think Kawhi may get uh, he may score a lot of points, but I think the Knicks will still be trash. I mean, that's if nothing else happens to the Knicks, yeah. right? Which is any which is pretty much anyone except for LeBron and probably Durant right. that if they just went there they would immediately be good. So, I'm just saying Kawhi is not there, but um, this team is is made for Kawhi. I think the defense is there. The plays are are perfect for him. He gets great looks. Um, because if if every team had our offense like the Raptors, a lot of other players would get really good looks, and they don't. I, th- I think part of that is guys know what their roles are. Yeah, especially they do. their starting lineup, like. Everybody mm-hmm. knows what they're and Larry at times tries to do a little too much. Yeah, I think um, he just tries to keep the defense on their toes when it's yeah, not necessary. Right, he's he <laughs> overthinks the game a little too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, hold on, they're not really guarding me. Let me try something. <laughs> no, that's not necessary, uh, right. Kyle. <laughs> no, but I I think that has a lot to do with why they've been playing so well. Yeah, I agree, and. This is a complete contrast to the Celtics, where no one thinks that they're a role player on the Celtics. Not one person, just other than disaster. Smart. Smart and Morris are the only two players on the team that know they're role players. I mean, Horford acts like it sometimes, but sometimes Horford thinks he's better than he is, too. Bro, Horford took, uh, Horford took a lot of shots in that last game. He did. I was like, damn, bro. Like, I don't know if it's the Celtics are trash or if it's him trying to, like, like be the guy all of a sudden. But that's not your game at all, Al. What are you doing? Right. Al, you should never take more than, like, 12 shots a night. Right. But anyway. Um, since yeah, we're on, the, on Kawhi, do you want to talk about the controversy about this week? That... Um, facts kellerman brought up or no not really it's not worth entertaining i mean we could talk about it i thought the i thought the clip of of jay williams asking like name them <laughs> name <Yeah>. the moments <laughs> right i thought that was just perfect yeah i mean oh, oh okay how about this no get the fuck out of here name them <laughs> right and everyone on the planet can name probably a different five moments of Kobe's clutch <laughs> moments. For those who don't know what we're talking about, Max came on TV and said, um, 
Kawhi Leonard is a more is a better clutch performer than Kobe Bryant, who in <laughs> the vast majority's eyes is top two most clutch players ever, top three at least. Um, so basically, he's saying Kawhi is top three most clutch players. If he's more clutch than Kobe, he has to be the top three most clutch players ever. Um, <laughs> I just uh... I, the thing is, I understand Max. Max's statistics and the point, but maybe because Max didn't play, or maybe because Max just is warping the stats, which is what every media guy does. They take sure. stats and they warp them to fit their specific conversation, right? Yep. Or their side. The thing is, Kawhi makes more shots because he gets easier shots. It, I mean, plain and simple. He's more efficient, but the thing is, Degree of difficulty of Kobe's shots and the degree of difficulty of all of Kawhi's shots is totally different. I mean, Kobe's game winners are usually in like double and triple coverage, which, of course, it probably no one else should do if you're not one of the best scorers of all times. But Kawhi doesn't take those shots. He just doesn't. And that's not Kawhi's fault, but he's just he's not in the situation where he needs to ever do that. On the Spurs, he never, you know, the Spurs were so good. There's no, it would be dumb on the other team's part to triple team Kawhi. But in, usually on the Lakers, who else is there to guard in the in the fourth quarter other than was Kobe? Max also the one who tried to say that Pau Gasol was better than Tim Duncan? He said that at a certain Kawhi, point. He said when Kawhi won the Finals MVP. Um. No one on the Spurs was better than Powell. It's just... Powell wouldn't have even started on the Spurs that year. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Powell... Bro, you're you're talking... Like, he's... So, he's living in... Th- this is the, ex- like, the body of work that he's using to say that Kawhi is more clutch than Kobe Bryant. He's taking... This series, which has been five games, five games, yeah, and his finals MVP, where I don't care how good or bad they were, he played with Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and he had arguably the greatest coach of all time, playing for arguably the greatest, one of the greatest franchises of all time. Definitely the greatest franchise of the last 20, 30 years. A team who, before he got there, pretty much had the same roster that won three other championships. <laughs> exactly. And it's one in year in five games. Yeah. Like, just think about that. Even if, even if those, that one year and those five games are historic, which they are to an extent. Mm-hmm. Just to take that little body of work and to just to just say that he's better at in the clutch than Kobe, who literally the first word that I think of when I think of Kobe Bryant is clutch. Right. Like literally before the dunking, before the the shot difficulty, before the skill set, I think clutch. The the easiest way they could have ended the conversation. Max, in the fourth quarter, who are you taking, Kobe or Kawhi? 
there's no way on the planet he would say Kawhi. No right. one, Kawhi wouldn't even say he would take right. himself. It just, it's, I, I really think he, he saw the stats and was like, look, I have an opportunity to make this argument and it'll piss a lot of people off. Right. And just and the, the way is, he was smiling, listening to the, like, Jay's and, and Stephen A's responses, I was like, he has to be trolling. Yeah, he's just causing mayhem. Right. And the thing is, Finals MVP is the most overrated award, I think, in all of basketball. Again, one series. It takes four games to win Finals MVP. Who can't play good in four games? So basically, you're taking eight to nine games, and you're using those eight to nine games. I don't care if he averaged 100 for those eight to nine games. Right. He's not better. Like, even, like, that does not make you better than Kobe. Right. It's just so disrespectful, man, and it just sucks that Kobe's, like, gone, and now all these people are finding reasons to hate him. Yeah. Like, right. seriously, man, it's it's insane to me. The things Kobe had to overcome, uh, it just, Kobe was not groomed to be what he is. San Antonio groomed Kawhi into being a great player. You're right. You're completely right. And I've given Kawhi the credit for being the great player. I'm not saying he, you know, he he couldn't have done it by himself, but you can't tell me that he would have been the same player he is if he if he played in Indiana his first 7 years. Right. You're right. So it's just it's ridiculous, man. It's fucking stupid and I wasn't even that mad at it because I could tell he was trolling or if, and if he's not then he really should not be allowed to talk basketball. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that probably is one of the craziest things I think I've ever heard on TV. And the thing is, he put up the stats of their percentages. Kawhi has he's three for nine in like game winning shots or something in the playoffs, and Kobe's three for sixteen. Give him but another the point. T- is go ahead. Kobe has taken sixteen of them. That means he had needed to be the most clutch player on the court more often than Kawhi did. Kawhi's only taken nine, right? And Kobe's taken 16. So whose team relied on them more? Kobe's team or Kawhi's? Kobe, for sure. Like, that's the thing. San Antonio, how many times was Kawhi allowed to coast or just strap up on defense because San Antonio was just cooking? And and who was the most, who's the most clutch player on San Antonio? Manu Ginobili. Always. So, I mean... <laughs> You Kawhi weren't even the most clutch player on that team. Right. Ginobili was taking <laughs> most of the game winners, even when Kawhi was at his peak. Exactly. It's, just, it's so ludicrous. And that's what the thing, like, I'm like, yo, you can't even argue Pau Gasol and Tim Duncan because there are two guards that are playing with Kawhi that are Hall of Famers. Right. And, I, you know, I said, I texted this to you, but Pau was only an all-star with an MVP. Right. Every time he's an all-star, it was because he was with MVP Rose or MVP Kobe. And then the only other time was like his second year in the league because he was rookie of the year. Or whatever. I mean, his first year he was rookie of the year, I think. And then no other time was he an all-star. Yeah, man. It just I like that Jay walked off set. It was, it was entertaining. <laughs> that was hilarious. I, I like Steve a number Man, of this no. stuff. I like that they've been having Jay on there a little bit more. 
I like that too. Yeah. He's, he he fought, and I like his criticism of of Kyrie. I like his criticism of Embiid. Uh, he's he he makes good points. Yeah, and you know they need more fundamentally sound players on there because you know a lot. T Mac was really good, but T Mac was not fundamentally sound. <laughs> right. He was 90% just athletic gifts was his game. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly. That's probably it, why he didn't last as long. Yeah, it, it, it is. Because once you get old and you, all your game is gift, that, you can't do anything. Right. That's why Vince is such an anomaly that he's still in the league because he started out just being this gifted jumper. And then he ended up being so skilled fundamentally as, you know, his handles and his defense and his threes. Yeah. I mean, that's why Tim Duncan played at a high level for so long. Yeah. That's why a lot of the European guys play so long. For sure. And um, there's someone else they bring on there all the time. Can't think of it right now. But they they bring a lot of guys who are just pure athleticism. Richard Jefferson, mostly athleticism. All Um, athleticism. (laughs) Let's be real. Right. And he's a freak because his athleticism lasted for like 15 years. Yeah, it did. Because he which, was dunking on clay just right, two which, years ago. Which is super wild. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they um, need more players who are truly fundamentally sound guys. Because they know the game at a different level. Like T-Mac is cool. He like he sounds young and stuff with his lingo and everything. Yeah. But, you know, he doesn't really know the game at Jay's level either. Right. Um. And Jay only stopped playing because of the Injury, motorcycle accident. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, let's let's talk about the Lakers coaching thing. So, <laughs> Tyloo you know, didn't accept the three-year deal because... I'm, I'm shocked because I, I never thought I'd say this. But to the Lakers, Tyloo should be wor- worth more than $18 million. Okay. And to me, Ty Lue's not that good of a coach. Mm-hmm. But for what the Lakers are, Ty Lue would be a perfect fit. Okay. He's weathered the LeBron James storm. He's somehow thrived in it for a couple years. Um, And I just, I'm confused as to why they couldn't offer him a bigger deal. Yeah. Well, the thing is, <laughs> I, I I guess we look at it differently because I think Lou should have just taken that deal because I don't really expect anyone else to hire Lou. Yeah, that, I agree with that too. And number two, he should know he's only there to coach LeBron. And that was the reason why he felt disrespected that they only offered him as long as LeBron's contract yeah. was because that's all they need him for. After LeBron's gone, we don't ex- who expects him to just like lead the Lakers dynasty without LeBron? No one on this planet thinks that. He doesn't think that. LeBron doesn't think that. You know, and obviously the Lakers don't think that. I want a five-year deal. Come on, man. I don't like that he was complaining about not picking his own coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, my guy, you're not like that to just be like, I'm gonna pick my people. Like, no, the who fuck is he gonna not. pick? No, Larry f- Drew, right? Get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah, you're not picking this dream team of coaching. Like, it, it would be different if it's like, um, 
if it was like Phil Jackson wanted to come and bring Brian Shaw with him, like if he went somewhere else, right? Which he did do that, kind of. He right. went to the Knicks and Fisher was coaching. And, um, Kurt Rambis was there for a while. I don't want to talk about Phil Jackson on the Knicks. <laughs> right. And we saw what happened there. And the Lakers probably saw that too and said, no, you're not just coming and just bringing whoever you want and just ruin the whole. Because usually when one coach gets fired, the assistant coach takes a job. So they want to be able to pick the assistant coach who would then take Lou's job after yeah. Lou's contract was up, which would be Jason <clears throat> Kidd. They said that's what they wanted, which I think was a great move. Let Jason be assistant for a little while and then move into the head role. And plus, you don't have to change. Don't necessarily have to change their pay. If Kidd, let's say Lou did terrible next year and they said, you know what, Lou, you know, it's over with. Kid, just move up. It's better than going for another hunt like they're doing right now. Yeah. I'm sure that's their thought process because they know Lou is trash. So they said, he, this is our backup. When you start acting up, guess who's taking your job? The dude sitting next to you. He's plain and simple. Right. I like that the Lakers are taking their time. Yeah. I know they, they began a lot of criticism for it. It seems like they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it doesn't look good that they even negotiated with Ty Lue because that really looks like they're just pleasing LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm ha- I hope I'm very curious to see who ends up being their coach. But also on the flip side of that, the fact that they didn't offer Ty Lue the five like he wanted, I like that they're saying LeBron is not taking precedent over our future. Yes, for like we're not sure. going to let LeBron just come ruin the whole Lakers franchise. Right, I like that because the Cavs would have did it. <laughs> I mean, they they learned their lesson from you know relying on Kobe and then you know giving Kobe you know everything he wanted. Right, because it put him in a terrible spot for a number of years. And I'm not saying that's Kobe's fault because you know I don't expect a guy to take less money. Right, but the Lakers, you know, that was a bad move. Yeah. At that was, point yeah. in time. Mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, man, let's talk about these other series. All right, real quick. One other big one. Yeah, I don't have much to say about the Nuggets. and um, I, I got to say, man, I love how Murray played in game five. Yeah, man. Mur- Murray, he's he's the future. He really is. I, I know he's inconsistent, but he's still young. He's 22, 21. You know what's crazy? Yeah, he's young. You know what's yeah. crazy to me? His game five, um, mm-hmm. from watching that game, and it was this was pissing me off to think about, but he looked like the most experienced point guard in the playoffs. Yeah, he did play very poised. Yeah. It's shocking to me. Keep in mind, the playoffs at that point still had Kyrie Irving, Eric Bledsoe, uh, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Stephen mm-hmm. Curry. Mm-hmm. He was the most under control for sure. Out of those names. And the thing is, it, and Malone said it, you know, he's, I don't care how bad Murray's playing, you know, I sit him down for a second, but I got to go back with him. He's my guy. And that confidence, and everyone who's ever played knows how much that confidence from your coach means, man. It makes, it changes everything. It really does. When you know that one little mess up isn't going to cost you, like, have you ever played for a coach that when you made one turnover, you were coming out the game? Yeah. 
and that feels terrible. Right. Like you can't you can't play loose. You can't be who you are. Right. And Malone publicly gave the trust. You know, Murray. I don't care how bad he's doing. You know, I know what he can do, right. and that's what I'm gonna go with. And yeah. he, I mean, he's doing it. Uh, Malone is doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um. And and. Millsap and and in the past I've said he's overpaid, especially for what he's done for the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. But the last several games shows me why you overpay a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now in the regular season, I can't defend him. He's just he's a role player. You can't pay a role player thirty million dollars. Right. But this the last several games, he's been a huge difference maker. He's yeah. been under control. He's been taking advantage. He's stayed in the play. And that's why the Nuggets are as fire as they are. Their yeah. best player always stays in the play. Yep. Yeah. You know, Jokic is always creating. He's always seeing the floor. He always makes the pass. He takes 90% of his shots are, are good open looks. Yeah. Or looks he's comfortable shooting like a like a sweeping hook or a post like turnaround or something. Yeah, that one hand, that floater kind of thing. Yeah, a floater which is shocking that he has such a good touch, but Yes. Yeah, his, his touch is probably so top underrated. 3 in the league. Bro, like I've never a 7-foot guy, he he throws the pump fake, takes one dribble and shoots a floater from just inside the free throw line. Yeah, how many three hundred pounds got three hundred pound guys could do that? Yeah, n- no probably one. Probably none. Yeah, um, he's different. But yeah, man, and and their wing, their wings are contributing players. Harris is you can't leave Harris open. You can't not guard Harris. Right, and he's also competing on the other end. Yeah. And more to what Malone was talking about in the post game, I love that he he just said like. Look, we're not one of these teams that just gives it to our best guy and just spreads the floor. Right. We move the ball. Yep. We're getting and their looks. best guy moves the ball. That is that is so huge. Yeah. Yep. You just said you just talked about it with Kawhi. Right. It changes changes the look of the team when they're that kind of person. You know, he's the best passer on the team and he does it. Right. He and uses it, it allows it allows like a guy like Danny Green to flourish. Mm-hmm. Like Danny Green on the Boston would be on Boston would be useless. Useless. JJ Redick a lot of times for Philly is useless. Yeah. And and with guys like Jokic, guys like Kawhi, that's not the case. They get the most out of those guys. Yeah. And you don't have to get ten to fifteen assists to do that. I think right. that's where LeBron kind of deceives people. And like LeBron will have eight assists, but he's controlling who's touching the ball, who's getting what kind of looks, who's getting comfortable shots. Yeah, some of these guys are just just dribbling the ball to try to get a shot. Right, and I I've said it on here before. That's one reason why a good point guard can't play with LeBron, because you know what's Rondo? What's Rondo's best quality the whole time he's been in the league? Right. He's been probably the best passer in the league his whole time in the league as far as skill passing. Yeah. And he doesn't do it because LeBron's making all the passes. Right. So what's the point of having Rondo there 
if you can't pass. And when you pass it to LeBron, it's hard to get assists to LeBron because LeBron always gets his own assists after you pass it to him. Right. <laughs> and he's not a good spot-up shooter. So, I mean, that's the problem with guys who just – that's the difference between guys who just move the ball and the guys who only make the plays. And that's kind of how LeBron is. He doesn't really make plays for everyone. He makes plays for himself. But I've seen LeBron play off ball. Yeah. And LeBron, LeBron's sometimes. also, again, LeBron's in that Kobe Jordan echelon. Yeah. And, and LeBron can control every aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. Like any defense, rebounding, passing, scoring, anything. Any given night, LeBron can lead the category, any category. Right. Uh, and yeah. none of those other guys can do that. Right. But um, in terms of Portland, uh, to get back to the Nuggets series a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm curious to see what happens tonight, mm-hmm. um, but Portland can't afford to have um, Lillard and McCollum shoot poorly. Right. That is a big problem. And the thing is, they have no one else that can make a play. Nobody. And that that hurts them because they have to take tough shots pretty much. Right. I can't remember the last time, unless it was like a spot up three, I can't remember the last time they like got open. <laughs> unless it's like from their own, you know, moves. It's hard for them to get open because you only have to guard two guys for um to beat the whole team. Yeah. I would let anyone else on the team take 30 shots other than McCollum or Lillard. They wasted um, <clears throat> Aminu in game five had, what, 19? Yeah. Aminu's only going to get 19 twice a year. Right. Uh, you got you to gotta capitalize on that. Yeah, man. And and they've been getting killed in the front court because, you know, Millsap and Jokic are fucking six times better than anybody they have. Yeah. Uh, so Who I'm not is- really going to hate on them for that. Uh-huh. Because it would have been different if Nurkic was there, at least to some extent. Yeah, because um, Cantor is obviously injured. I mean, we see it. We right, saw it happen. Right. We see he, him playing with it. And Lillard um, Lillard has to play better than Murray. Like, he can't afford to not play better than Murray. Yeah, and it's tough when Murray has so many weapons. Right, for sure. Murray doesn't have to play good right. for them to still win. So, yeah, man. I one of these days, well, I'll get into that later. Um, you want to take the break and come back and talk about the Warriors and Rockets? Yeah, I got a lot to say. All right. I'll play your gym. Um, man, this, this was an underrated album to me. Uh, not underrated, but it came out at a weird time. Not a lot of um, people noticed it. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot more people listened to his... Uh, I think Paper Trails, his first one. Mm-hmm. But this one kind of, I agree, went under the radar. Yeah. Um, you want to say anything else about it? Uh, no. Probably my favorite song off the album. Where is he, man? Doesn't he have something coming soon? Him and ASAP, don't they have something coming? Oh, no. <laughs> mm. Let me play this, because mm. I don't want to hear that. Mm. Today, to talk about how I feel, and I feel like that we are treated differently than other people, and I don't like how we're treated 
Let's pick back up with the Warriors and Rockets. The big news, the Durant situation. Yeah, man, he dodged a bullet. Yeah, so you just a mild calf strain that he pulled that happened in the third quarter. Um, Warriors still pulled it out. So, what do you think about the series from now on? I think the Warriors are gonna blow them out tomorrow night <laughs> in Houston. Okay. Um. Uh. You know, I'll I'll be totally okay coming in here on Sunday and saying I was totally wrong if Houston wins. But mm-hmm. I think Harden's going to have one of his signature uh, 12 points on 25 shots and 15 turnovers. Okay. He's He has like three of them. Right. When you have three, and I, I know I inflated the numbers a bit, but I really didn't inflate them as much as you would think. No, I, I didn't even notice. Right. And, and when you have three of, I think three of them, it becomes a signature at that point, right? Uh, but this 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 fifth game, man, I a, a lot of a lot of things were very strange to me. What about like what? Um, up until the fourth quarter, I thought that was the greatest playoff game James Harden had ever played. Up until the fourth quarter. Okay. Bro, he was going into the fourth, and I could be I'm about right, but I'm not I don't think I'm exactly right on this. He had, mm-hmm. I want to say, twenty-nine points on nine of fourteen shooting. Right. Bro, has mm-hmm. have you ever seen him shoot that well? No. Very rarely. And what's cr- he has to like be going for sixty. Right, right. Against New York, of course, or some other shitty franchise. Right. Um, no, but seriously, man, the way he was playing too, he didn't force it. Um, he was driving a lot. He was getting uh, to the rack. He was, he was actually creating separation when he was taking his step back threes. Mm-hmm. That's my thing with him against the Warriors. You can't afford to just to just make a step back. You have to create separation because those guys can defend. So you have to, you know make things happen. And yeah. and up until the fourth quarter, he was making plays, man. He should have had like eight extra assists if Capella, you know, would have woken up and actually started playing. Right. Uh, and he was, to me, Capella was awful in game five. He was indecisive with the ball. He couldn't grab the ball. He kept trying to tip it in when he needed to just come down with it. He mm-hmm. really didn't have an impact as a shot blocker. No, didn't, didn't really have an impact on the boards. Like, really had no presence. Right. Uh, but, yeah, man, I was shocked that with how well James Harden was playing. Um, and, and the Rockets, you know, in the fourth, especially early on, even when they were down a point or three points, it felt like they had the momentum because they had come back. They had turned around the third quarter. Uh, Eric Gordon started shooting the ball better. Uh, you had all, you know, other guys contributed here and there, PJ Tucker. Uh, and then the fourth quarter happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And before I get to the Houston Rockets point guard, 
Um, James, you can't afford to not shoot the ball. He shot one shot in the last 10 minutes. Is that right? Yep. I don't right. care. I don't care if they're doubling you. I don't care if the entire Hampton five is on you. Right. Uh, Mike D'Antoni was getting you open. You weren't just isolating every play. Mm-hmm. There was a number of plays in the first half where he came off a handoff or he came off a pin down. He was going mm-hmm. right into the pick and roll or right into a play. And I was like, man, like this is exactly what I've been begging for him to do. Right. And, and none of that in the fourth quarter. And not only was there none of that, but he's not even fucking isolating. Right. Or he's just, or he's just, oh, they're doubling me off the screen, so I'm just going to dump it down to Capella all night long. Like, it's the playoffs. What do you mean? You're the best player. I don't care what they're doing. Similar to how Kyrie kept trying to explain his bad shooting to, oh, Milwaukee's trapping me, and they're picking me up full court, and they're throwing different looks at me. Bro, you're supposed to be a top-tier NBA player. You cannot tell me defenses can stop you. Right, an MVP at that. Right. It, it, you know, he was just he I can't I hate that he disappeared. I would have much rather him go 0 for 10. Like I could come in here and be like, "You know what? He's got to shoot better in the clutch." Right. That's that's a fixable problem. But for him to just not be involved and just not really have any impact in the last 10 minutes, you know, a guy who averaged 36, 10, and fucking 7 or whatever he averaged. It's just, right. there's, there's no excuse for that. you yeah, got to find man. a way. Yeah, and CP was just non-existent. I mean, that might have been the worst game I've ever seen Chris Paul play. They both just completely folded under pressure. I mean, I, I don't know whatever, what else to say about it. Neither one of them will be mentioned in the Kawhi Kobe debate. <laughs> Bro, CP3 was I don't know if like you noticed, but it wasn't just again, 3 of 14 does not tell the whole story. No, it doesn't. It's the fact that he was when they called for him to make a play, it just I was dumbfounded with how he was making plays that I would expect a first-year point guard to make. A first year? Yes. Why are you holding the ball? Looney is on you. Just just one play, right? Looney yeah. got switched on you. Automatically a mismatch. Right. Whoever Looney is guarding, he, he's the weak link. You go at him. Right. Why would you... You get the ball with about 12 seconds left. You hold the ball and do nothing. Literally Nothing. For like eight to nine seconds. Yeah, they were acting like they were up or something. That's, I saw like some of the plays. I'm like, it was, what are they doing? Right, and then he was just throwing up the... He tries to do like the similar thing to James Harden's step back sometimes. Yeah, where he kind of gathers so much, it and then takes a sidestep. His is so much slower, but yeah. Yeah, and he has he to has like throw the ball over, over long defenders... And I'm like, bro, this is Chris Paul. This is the guy who at his peak was in the same category as John Stockton and Steve Nash. Yeah, and in the history books, he'll be, you know, it'll look like he's up there. Seriously, to me, 
to me, he was awful from the start of the game to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. That's why I put a lot more blame on him than Harden because Harden was the reason they were in the game yeah. up until the fourth quarter. And and for CP3 to just never make a play, like seriously, I didn't even I don't even remember his three field goals. Right, and the other thing is the Warriors really weren't playing all that great. Right. And they still beat him pretty, you know, not easily, but they still beat him. I think next game, like you said, I think the Warriors are going to have an easier game. Durant changes the offense. They don't even play like the Warriors anymore when Durant's out there. And, you know, we've talked about that enough. You know, I don't need to keep bringing that up. but Yeah, for sure. We'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I'm really interested in that and um, the rest of the series. I know that. Yeah. I'm probably more interested in the rest of the series than I have been in any series so far. Because now it's like drama, you know? It'll be more <laughs> of if they had KD, just like there was if they had CP, if they had Iguodala, now if, if they had Durant, if they had Cousins, you know. Um, speaking of which, if they did have Cousins, this series would already be over. Oh, it would have been a clean sweep. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. cleanest of sweeps. <laughs> Cousins, man, I know Cousins hasn't been healthy, but Cousins gets so much disrespect. Like, people, like, really forgot how good Cousins was before he got injured, I feel like, before he went to the Pelicans. Cousins was, I think, the first player, first big man who adapt, who had a game that fit this uh, style of basketball the way it is now. Yeah, the one that, like first one who came into the league like that. Right. Yeah, I agree. Where he could yeah. handle it, he could shoot it. Well, he he didn't start shooting until a couple years in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just has the whole package as an offensive player. Yeah, I I don't really think any big man is a lot better at anything than Cousins. Really, other I'd surprise say Jokic is a better passer, but other than that, Cousins is just as good. Or better at pretty much every other aspect of the game yeah, I agree. than every other big man in the league. It's just the problem is getting him to do it. So when he does it, he's up there, but <clears throat> you know he doesn't do it all the time, obviously. And then his attitude takes him out the game. Yeah, you know we've seen seen how that ends already. But I hope he does come back with you know a different mindset and prove his worth again. I really do. I'll say another guy, Durant also, um, I thought, was having one of his better games. Yeah, he was. He was playing within the team. Up until, and that last, like the possession he got hurt was really the first one where it was just kind of an ISO for him. Yeah, him on the island. But that's the thing, like when you get him in the mid-range ISO, you -hmm. can't stop him. It's when you put the ball up top and just... Don't run any. Don't run anything. That's when it's like, what the fuck? Like that he becomes such a stiff and like methodical player. Where yeah, he can get a shot off, but he's just shooting every time. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, and I know this is a crazy opinion or to some people, but I don't think there should ever be a play that Steph doesn't touch the ball, like in half court. That is not crazy at all. Steph should at least get a touch. He doesn't have to look for a shot. 
but there needs to be something where Steph can make a move or start initiate the play every time because he's really their most dangerous player in my opinion Durant is dangerous individually but he isn't dangerous for the whole team because Steph can give you 60 and also give you 20 assists if you're you know if you're guarding him too hard he'll give you 15 assists right so um, to be fair, Steph was playing for the Rockets up until Durant's injury. He was. The whole series. Right. <laughs> Other than the first game. Since the first game, Steph has been on the Rockets bro, pretty much. He was in the first half, I was like, like, bro, Steph playing this bad is why Steve Kerr falls back to let's just give it to Durant and, and let let's let Durant close the game. Yeah, but you know, and it's not the right thing to do, but, bro, you got to acknowledge, Steph was fucking awful. No, he was. He was, but this is when kind of what we were just talking about with Murray and Malone. Mm-hmm. This is when Kerr says, you know, I don't care if Steph's playing bad. Steph, we need to play through you still. But opposed to that, he says, Steph, you're playing bad. Okay, we're done with you. Durant, just take over. And that, it's hard to come back. From that situation, I, I agree. Steph, you know, you say, okay, well, do I play aggressive now since Durant? Like, you know, it puts Steph in a weird spot. I got the you. thing is, it's it was visible and obvious that that's what happened. Steph was playing bad, so Durant. I mean, so Kerr said, okay, we're moving on. Take Steph out, Durant. It's all you. You're in there with the third string with McKinney, and then you know Steph comes back in, and now he has to work into the Durant game and then um, it's hard to play Steph's game and Durant's game at the same time obviously we've seen that Um, and you know I said (laughs) I texted it to you but Durant's playing like it's a contract year for sure Durant's playing like he's trying to prove his worth in free agency I really that's really what it looks like like he's this is his tryout you know it's all the team his showcase right (laughs) It looks like it. He's doing everything more than he ever would have to. And he's doing the opposite of what we said Kawhi and Jokic are so great at, which is being the best player and still moving the ball. And that's definitely not Durant's game. Not at all. But it, there were was, there was spots in Game 5 where mm-hmm. he was doing that. And I was like, like, clearly the Warriors have seen what the issues are. Yeah, it seems like they should have. Right. And to me, you know, again, I don't mind when you run a set, the set doesn't get you anything, so late in the shot clock, you go to Durant at a, you know, at a mid-range post-up. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's never, Durant is a top-tier offensive player of all time. So I never, I'm never going to have an issue with that. Right. But there, it shouldn't just be the default, like, oh, we have 24 seconds for Durant to score. That's it. Like, what? <laughs> right. No. Durant should never have a possession where he's the only Greatest shooting backcourt in the history of fucking basketball, and Durant is your only option? No way. Come on. Right, and there's too many times when Durant is doing that, Clay is still running the play for no reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> Clay's running all around. That's probably game. why he was shooting the ball so poorly up until yesterday. Yeah, he ran six miles before he touched the ball for the first right. time. 
I mean, you know, that's what he was doing the whole series, running all around, and then finally, when Durant comes out the game, then they want to give it to Clay. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see what happens, though. I'm I'm excited. They're, they're wasting the peak of P.J. Happens. Tucker's career, by the way. <laughs> the peak? He's like 33. <laughs> I mean, has he ever played better than he has the last two games? Yeah, I don't know. When he was on the Suns, we never got to see the games because the Suns were trash. But he, I know he had a lot of points on the Suns. He did used to score know. a lot for the Suns. I'll give you that. I want to know how, though. <laughs> what was his game? Corner corner <laughs> shots. There's no way he, had, he was scoring like 19 points a game. I mean, he, he hits the fucking boards like he's Dennis Rodman, to be fair. I need to pull up the old Suns games because I, I want to see, like, I want to see his career high, how he got it. Was he just, was he isoing or was it truly just garbage buckets? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say another thing about they the Rockets. Right. Uh, I, I thought, I felt bad for D'Antoni. Because well, I thought D'Antoni had a good game plan to win Game Five. Mm-hmm. Now, and and what I love the most about it is, early on it looked like the Warriors were gonna spank him. Mm-hmm. But you could feel the Rockets never, never thinking it was over. Right. And and part of that is just confidence from you know you know Harden being as great as he is and CP3 being a vet. But you could feel it from the little interview that D'Antoni gave where he literally said, we're fine. You know, they're down 8, 10 points to, to the champs. And he's, you know, we're, we just got to hit shots. We got to defend a little better. We're good. Like, I believe in these guys. We know what we could do. Right. That goes back to a coach similar to Malone just having that confidence. Yeah. yeah. That's, why he's, that's why so many players flourish under him. Yeah, you're right. And he has flaws, you know, like probably any other player or any other coach. Um, mm-hmm. But, to, again, to put that kind of confidence, especially just to have that confidence in your team that, yeah, we're down a lot to a great team, but, you know, like we're confident in what we're doing. And you could feel it because the Rockets, every time the Warriors went up 8-10, to 10, and they did it on, I think, three or four different occasions in, in the first three quarters. The Rockets yeah. fought back every time. Yeah, they did. Yep, they're fighters. And I yeah. hate that D'Antoni's teams are like that. And I hate that they lost because, like, D'Antoni's teams have lost a lot of big games. Yeah. And I don't. I hate that it's gonna be all put on him. Hopefully, it's not. Right. We'll see. I think it'll mostly be on Harden because of the year he's had. Yeah. But. Hopefully D'Antoni gets his due because he is he's doing a good coaching job. They're wasting Gerald Green's whole time. Why do they even play him? I don't know. I don't know why they play why him. Why play him for three minutes? Him. And and not let let him get like one shot off. What's the point of him being there? Right. And where's um where's House? Yeah, I don't know. He was playing great in the season. I don't know why. I, he's gotta be hurt. The greenhouse effect just got eliminated for the playoffs, and it was actually doing well. Uh, yeah, I mean, Daniel House is a capable player. He could guard people, too. Like, 
it's it's one thing if I was oh he's a fucking mismatch so you can't put him out there like he, he's not a scrub. Right. Both of them. Neither one of them are scrubs. And Daryl Green is one of the reasons they played so well last year. Yeah. Against the Warriors because of his height and his athleticism and his he was on fire. Yeah. But. You can't expect someone to take like three threes the whole series and like be able to come in for three minutes and just go off. Yeah, man. Like, and and he comes in there, he kind of gets exposed on defense. Yeah. And, and, and to, for like two plays, he does have to stop fouling, bro. He fucking he does foul. Every he time. stays fouling and acting like he didn't do shit. <laughs> yeah, he he's does. really got to stop that shit. But besides that, like. Again, you're putting a guy in for a couple minutes at a time. You can't ask him to be in rhythm. Yeah, and the, you know what? The same thing happened. I know this is a random throwback, but do you remember when JJ was on the Magic? Yeah. And he would come in just for like the last shot. Of, like if they needed a three, he would come yeah. in. Yeah. And didn't play the whole rest of the game. Right. That was insane. Like, bro, these guys are not robots. <laughs> Like, right, and he started ever since he left Van Gundy. <laughs> but that's which you would you like would think automatic. you would think fucking Van Gundy could get a lot out of him. He probably could. He just didn't bother trying. He was playing Von Wafer. <laughs> Bro, he played uh, Jason Williams on his last leg. He somehow found minutes for Rafer Alston. Keith Bogans. <sighs> but J.J. Reddick couldn't get no clock. Court, Courtney Lee was him? fucking starting for them. A Flalo was a bucket for a while under Van Gundy. And no disrespect to Courtney Lee. He's a solid NBA player, but... Like, he was a rookie playing 35 minutes. Like, J.J. can't get some of those? And that's the best Courtney Lee played, in my Oh, opinion. yeah. He, he's, he has only declined. Yeah. Thanks... Thanks, Knicks, for keeping him as long as they do. And paying him a lot of money, too. Why? Right. He's on, I think he was in the Porzingis trade, right? Or was he not? I'm not sure. If he wasn't, I hate the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> the Knicks made the dumbest trade. I mean, I, I get it, trading Porzingis. But why did we have to trade the best scorer we had on the whole team? Why do we trade Hardaway? Why? And it looks good now because Hardaway spent his whole Dallas time hurt. Yeah. But he's going to be back. Hardaway is going to be a bucket next year. <laughs> right. Especially when he's not going to have the pressure because he's not really a number one guy. No, but he he's a great. But he's a three, really great player. Like a third guy? He'd be a fire third guy. For sure. Like a um, Middleton style? Second? Halfway second? Like... When your main guy is like worth two people, like Greek Freak, though, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't get it. It's kind of wild that we let him go for Alonzo Trayer and to be our leading scorer. Hey, that, Shout out to Alonzo. That's though. your boy, man. He's he's impressed me. I, I found a picture of us at camp together <laughs> <laughs> when I first met him the other day. Um, he is a puck. He's I can't believe he's. As good of an NBA player as he is, honestly. Yeah, I, I yeah. think it's one of those things where just the more space kind of gives him more of an opportunity. Yeah, there, there's a lot of players like that who who um, thrive in the NBA game. The college game just isn't for them. Yeah. 
Paul George was one of those guys. He wasn't all that in college. No, D- Devin Booker too. Yeah, yeah. Well, Devin Booker also played with like, you know, he was on Kentucky. Those guys have a hard time with Kentucky guys because they're playing with all NBA All Stars, yeah. <laughs> possible All Stars. So it's hard to really get off. You see Carl Anthony Towns be posting like all types of fucking island and beach pics. Really? Bro, I don't know why it keeps popping up like when I just be looking at random Instagram shit. Yeah. But yo, the fucking NBA guys stay roasting him. <laughs> it's once you get out of Minnesota, man. <laughs> yeah, I, he's literally just in only warm climate. <laughs> yeah, anything is better than that. For sure, oh, especially man. when he's has to has to be there in the winter. Right. Yeah. All right. We, we got anything else NBA? Um. Ne- next podcast, I want to talk about. I know it's early, but I want to talk about the possible free agent destinations. I want to talk about Davis. I want to talk about Kyrie. Rozier. Oh, we we didn't get into that, but. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it <clears throat> real quick. For those who didn't hear Terry Rozier's comments after the uh, game, he basically said that uh, he's had to sacrifice more than anyone. He knows he's a top tier guard in the league, um, and. It was tough dealing with all the talent we had. Different guys wanted to be in the limelight. Guys in the limelight, you know. He's basically saying he's out of there, to me. <laughs> in other words, well, he's restricted, right? Um, I think he is. I think. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. That's that's the thing. If Kyrie's out of there, man, he's coming it, back. It's his time. Yeah. And. Let's be real. They don't lose that much losing Kyrie and putting Rozier in there. I think they gain. <laughs> See, exactly. Like, you can make an argument they're getting better. Yeah, and it's not – it's nothing to do with Kyrie's skill, of course, right? Kyrie's talent. He's obviously a better yeah. player than Terry. I acknowledge he's the best fit. ball handler in basketball. Yeah, and we're just – it's all about the fit. I think Terry's definitely a better fit. He makes plays for others. He's aggressive. He never quits. He plays good D. You know, and he's he's way more athletic than Kyrie. Yeah. To be fair, it's Kyrie's fault that he's not a good fit. A lot of times we say not a good fit just because you know the play the the chemistry's not there, or maybe the just the system doesn't really work for him. Yeah, he doesn't have to do much to be a better fit. Kyrie's the fucking problem. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, real quick, let's get into some music. Um, did you listen to the PNB Rock? Yep, did you finish it? I did. Okay, go ahead. What do you think? Um, what is it called? Trap Star. Turn to Pop Star. Right. Um, you know, I actually enjoyed uh, Catch These Vibes a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Or maybe like a year and a half ago. I'm not sure exactly when it came out, but I remember. A lot of people really didn't listen to it, and a couple people that I knew checked it out. You know, they had mixed mixed results in terms of some people liked it, some people hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. Yeah. Um, 
and I, I've liked this guy for a couple of years as a feature a lot of the time on on a lot of the a boogie stuff and yeah. and he's popped up here and there as a, a pretty good feature mm-hmm. uh and and this album came out and I had no clue it was coming out which is cool I always like that <laughs> why do you like that it catches me off guard it, it doesn't I don't have like expectations I'm not waiting for it right yeah I got you but I'm right. not like yeah I gotcha. Um, and first thing I got to say before I really get into PMB Rock, I thought this was a, a lot of big names as features. Mm-hmm. And for him, yeah. yeah, and they they came to play for the most part. I agree. I thought this was the first time where it's like, like, oh, there's a lot of big features on here, and it's not a letdown where you know a lot of these features are just kind of giving you a lame boring verse or they're kind of on a like they're on part of a hook mm-hmm. um no man these features all contribute they all uh, some of these songs seem like they are geared more towards the feature artists or at least so the feature artists could thrive on it yeah i was gonna say the featured artists really did their thing a lot of times featured artists come on there and just do whatever the main right. artist is doing. that's not what happened here Right. Uh, I thought T Grizzly was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does like his verse was exactly how his music sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the XXX song was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quavo was great. A good like turn up hook. Uh, similar to his like good drank days where he was kind of a phenom as a feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Lil Skies was great. Tory Lanez was great. A Boogie was solid. Uh, Diplo was maybe the only one that I didn't really... I was kind of mixed yeah. on. Yeah, okay. And I kind of hated Lil Durk's verse. I, I hate all Lil Durk's verses. <laughs> What's crazy, when I heard the song, like I really like PMB Rock on these streets. Mm-hmm. But I don't like Lil Durk on there. Okay. Um, but but for the main artists, and I'm not just talking about the features as like like you know the main artist didn't exist here, because right. he did. It was his album. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this this album is fun to listen to, man. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in terms of just technically, I don't know if it's really that good technically, but for me listening to it, I really didn't notice. Uh, really bad stretches of music. And that's a huge positive. Yeah, it is. You know, a lot of these songs are filler, and I I wouldn't really go back to them individually. Mm -hmm. But listening to this project from start to finish, they sound good in the project. He sounds good on... uh, Most of his verses sounded good to me. Which mm-hmm. is really what threw me off because I knew he could he had the hook. I knew he's more of an R and B guy. Yeah. Um, but a lot of his verses, you know, the lyrics weren't too too deep. But mm-hmm. it, I'm not really looking for deep lyrics here. Not from him. Right. right. And I I just thought it was a lot of fun to listen to. The production was really high energy. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the songs had such a up tempo. And it wasn't like an up-tempo where and he's just kind of saying random shit or just not fitting on the beat at all. Uh, he was actually meshing with the production very well. Right. 
Um, but yeah, man, like I had a lot of fun listening to it. Uh, shockingly, it was not too long for me. Um, it's what twenty three songs. Uh, I want to say it's eighteen. Oh, yeah, two. It's like part one and part two, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, nine and nine. Yeah, eighteen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, maybe the last two tracks he could have cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, make it a nice, nice, uh, perfect sixteen. Yeah. Uh, the Diplo song he probably could have cut too. Yeah, and I, that one, that was like my biggest letdown. Probably the Diplo one. It's just a weird combo, anyway. Yeah. But I'm like, I really, I don't really have a deep dive on the sound. I, I just had fun listening to it. And that's really all I was looking for with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's He's not a guy I'm looking for anything transcendent. <laughs> I right. just want fun music. And I was shocked at how he could, like this album really wasn't R&B. No, it's not at all. Like it's definitely there's not, hip-hop. There's really no songs here that were geared towards R&B. Yeah, it was, it was a weird album for him, in my opinion. Um, the thing is, with him, a lot of times for me, and I did, you know, I feel the same way. I had a lot of fun listening to it, but sometimes it's so much of him, and he's kind of like one note to me sometimes. Not so much on this album, but sometimes he gets... And like you said, because a lot of it was filler. Yeah. They started to seem similar. But um, overall, man, I thought the production was good. Like you said, the features were great. The length wasn't too bad. And if you like him, I could see the album being really good, you know, if you really like him. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I was really impressed with how even though the features were great, they mm-hmm. didn't overpower him. Right. Like, I don't, I'm not, gonna. I, I can't, other than maybe T Grizzly, uh, mm-hmm. like, none of the songs, like, the, the Tory Lane song I really liked, but, like, I could tell you, it's not a Tory Lane song, it's PNB Rock with Tory Lanez. Right. He didn't just, it's not just Tory Lane stealing the show, it's, you know, Lil Sky, so I thought, had an awesome verse, he didn't steal the show. Right. And that, that credits... You know, you got to give credit to the the lead artist because he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Especially being able to work with all these guys, all these big name guys too. Yeah, I mean that stretch from "I Like Girls" to "Choosing" was really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You listening to anything else? Uh, no, nothing new. Did I say I was going to listen to something else? Uh, I feel like I did, but I don't remember yeah, what it was. Yeah, we got to go back and listen to it. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just, I really couldn't find anything new that I even wanted to listen to, honestly. Yeah, I ended up, you know, going to my Discover playlist. <laughs> um, you know, Do you know, oh, well, 070 Shake? No. <laughs> Uh, well, she's like a rapper, and the zero seven zero. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I'm saying it right, but whatever it is, they have like their own crew, like their ASAP crew, okay. or whatever. It's a bunch of rappers. Yeah. In it. So I listened to one of them, zero seven zero phi, P H I, and his album was really good. Oh wow! Um, I was really impressed. <laughs> I listened to it a bunch of times. I thought the whole album was good. 
Um, I was going to play one of the songs in my uh, gym, but other than that, in P&B, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear anything else either. Um, thought I had, it's not really a lot of music topics to talk about either. Uh, um, no, not really. Logic's dropping. Logic man. is dropping tonight. His uh, album? Yeah. <laughs> Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I'm not kidding. Uh, I had the track. Hold on. I'm going to pull up the track list. He posted it, I think. No wonder he can't stay with his girl. <clears throat> He's got, well, Eminem yeah, track is on there. g Easy's on there. YBN Corday. Wow, that's a throw. That's a weird twist. <laughs> He has a song with yeah, Gucci Mane? Wow, that's going to be interesting. I'm sick of Logic. Wiz Khalifa's on there? That's going to probably be one of my favorites. I'm sick of Logic. <laughs> the more names you say, the more sick Bro, of Will name. Smith is on here. I'm done with Logic. <laughs> this song is called Don't Be Afraid to Be Different. Oh, you. It must be like a talking. Yeah, game. you already. Better, he's not rapping. <laughs> Yo, if Will Smith gets in there, start giving me bars. Logic is out. Oh my true. god, I would be shook. Um, I'm gonna listen to it I'll... just cause I, I got nothing to fucking listen to, honestly. Yeah, me too. I'm a, I'm gonna listen to it, but I am sick of Logic and his nonsense. Yeah. I mean, it, I feel like he's trying so hard to be. Um, this antic guy, like to the point where people like him because, because the reason we're talking about his album, because we don't know what to expect. Yeah. I feel like he's trying really hard to be that guy. (laughs) To quote the great LeVar Ball, (laughs) stay in your lane. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Sometimes you just got to stay in your lane. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he... He was good. He was the, like the nerd's favorite rapper, yeah. you know, and that was his. That was good. He should have stayed there, I think. Um, I really liked his mixtapes, and I mean, the last album was okay, and then this, the soundtrack to the book was garbage. We talked about that. Yeah. I mean, why does he have to come out with so much music? This is his third project in three sixty five. I think so. All right, Anderson uh, <laughs> and Ariana. I'm sick of all these, you know, bunch of albums in a row thing. Like, come on, man. And I, I feel like they're doing it because no one else is dropping, too. I feel like that's part of it. Like, they know, okay, we don't have any Jay-Z, Wayne, Drake, Kim Kardashian's husband. We don't have any, any of that stuff, so let me put my music out there since nobody... People got nothing else to listen to. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Travis is, isn't is doing anything. Right. He's out being a father. Everyone is out here being a father. And here comes these guys trying to steal the lane. <laughs> Logic trying to make sure he gets his play since there's no competition. None. Yeah, man. Yeah. And where is Bryson at? <sighs> Oh my God! Let, let me tell. What is taking so speaking long? Speaking of speaking of expect like expecting shit to drop, bro. It's May. What's today? The ninth. Yeah. Yo, we were supposed to fucking get the Dreamville project in April. <laughs> right. I waited from April one to April thirty. 
Bro, I literally, I went on iTunes practically every other day. I went on music site. I like, I went on, I went to search music every other day. (laughs) Dude, there's like four albums that we're waiting for. I'm waiting for that album, the Dreamville Project. I'm waiting for Bryson to come back. I'm waiting for Rihanna to come back. For sure. And, um, what's the other one? Isn't there like a, I feel like there's another collab album that's supposed to be coming out. But I don't know. I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting on a bunch of albums, man, and I don't know what the deal is. Tide all the signs said he's coming back. Waiting on that. Kendrick is due for one about now. Seems like it's been a long time since I heard Kendrick. I, I think I think Kendrick is just gonna drop at one point. Just out of nowhere? Yeah, that'd be kinda cool. They do that to inflate their numbers. Oh, for sure. Slick. They drop a single, and then all of a sudden, here's the album. So everyone downloads it in the same 15 seconds. Yeah. You know. But fucking YG's about to drop an album. The one fucking guy I really don't have, I don't have any interest in listening to. I'll pass. I want to hear the Nipsey song, though. But other than that, I'll pass. On the rest of it, the other nineteen songs, I'll I won't listen to probably. <laughs> if there, if there's more than fifteen songs, I'm gonna have a fucking problem, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if it's the greatest fucking album of this decade. I'm bitching for the fact that it's more than fifteen songs. Right, the game is supposed to be dropping his last. Al- he said his last album was coming out last year. I'm waiting in on that. Part of these motherfuckers f- f- playing with our feelings. I'm waiting on the Tory and Drake collab. Thank God Chris and Drake are coming out together. Did you see that? Yeah. The, um, did you hear the snippet? Uh, I didn't. I don't, I don't want to listen to it, though. I want to hear the song. Yeah, me too. When it drops. I could, the thing is, when I see it on the timeline, I can't stop myself, man. When I see it, I got oh, you. Drake and Chris. Yeah, it's hard. Drop. I've been really, like, I, I, it came up on one of my, like, on Instagram at some at some point, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" I just closed it. Right. And sometimes I listen to. Well, I tell myself I'm gonna listen to see how the quality sounds, right? Yeah. But then the quality ends up being trash, and I just keep listening to it. I, sometimes I'll be like, "Nah, if the quality's not good, I don't want to hear it because, you know, I don't want to have this opinion about it already." I got you. But then once it starts, I still don't stop it. So it's whatever. Um, that's all I got today. I don't have anything else. Did you see the new you? Spider-Man trailer? Uh, n- no, I didn't see it. I didn't want to see it. F- kind of similar to the snippet mm-hmm. thing. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of the movies showing me so much of the movie. Yeah, man, this this second trailer kind of gives a lot of plot details away. If I would right. stay Why away are from they doing it. That? Endgame was amazing because so. Endgame. I realized after I saw it that they never showed Thor in any of the, um, any of the trailers because obviously we know how he looks in the movie. Right. They never showed Hulk. All they ever show is is Black Widow and Captain America and Iron Man walking together. They never show anyone else. Right. That's why when they- the movie came out, it was such a surprise and they give like the little thanos quote right i didn't even i wasn't even sure thanos was in this one until the movie so 
Um, they did a really good job. Honestly, that. honestly, that's probably what made it live up to the hype. I agree. You know what I mean? So I, I realize I don't, I don't want to see any more of, the, of those kind of trailers. There's some trailers, like if I don't know what the movie's about, I would like to see a trailer. Because I'm not just going to go into right. a name blind, yeah. you know? But th- those movies, Spider-Man, no, nah, I don't want to see anything. I know I want to see Spider-Man. Cool. Um, I think there was one more that was, that was like that. I was like, uh, oh, It. I don't want to see too much of the It trailer. Okay, I got you. I just want to go see It. I know that they're going to be grown-ups, like, because I saw the other It. Yeah. But, you know, I don't need to see any more. Let me just let me just see it. I want to see it. Chances are, if you don't want to see it too, like the trailer is not gonna make you want to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you didn't see it one and you don't like scary movies, you're obviously not gonna see it too. Plain and simple. I don't think we need a trailer to entice us to go see the second one. I think that's where Marvel knows its knows its worth in that sense because they know okay we're making in game everybody wants to see it we don't have to show them anything we don't have to advertise and they did great by that so yeah i didn't see the spider-man trailer i heard about it and then i decided not to see it because i know it does say a lot and i know the universe thing you know i already know about that so um I'm glad Jake is in the Marvel Universe, though. Definitely. About time. Because he's, he's an underrated actor, I think. I would have liked uh, him in the DC Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Some good acting in there somewhere. There's, there's Nightcrawler. Probably the best performance of that year. Yeah, that when he's the when he was following people with the camera. Yeah, man. yeah. That movie was great. One of the creepiest roles I've ever seen. And he did great. Did we great. should start giving out movie gems for real. <laughs> yeah, we should. Nightcrawler, that's our first movie gem. For sure. If you but... haven't seen it, go yeah. see it. Whatever platform you you can use. I don't think it's... Is it on Netflix? Uh, I don't think so. Did you see his Netflix movie, The Velvet uh, Buzzsaw? Yeah. It wasn't good? No. Was it his fault? No. Okay. All right. Just terrible script. Yeah, it looked weird. Movie progresses and like, it just, yeah, it's just not a good movie. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Shout out to Jake though and uh, Nightcrawler. Yeah, man. Great. The movie's really good too. It's not just his performance. No, it's really uh, good. The yeah. movie, like, the storyline is really interesting. And that's that was the first time I saw the um, uh, Riz Ahmed. Oh, okay. I had never seen him at that point. He does a really good job. And that's I saw him since. I've seen him in a bunch. You know, he was in Star Wars. I liked him in that uh, the miniseries on HBO mm-hmm. uh, where he, you know, goes to prison. Yeah. Uh what else? I saw him in something else that I can't remember. Oh, Venom. Venom. He was okay. You know, I didn't really have a problem with him. Yeah, he didn't do anything spectacular in there. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it, it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, Prisoners is another really good Oof. one. Jake was in. Oh, yeah. But everybody 
kills it in that movie. That movie was amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's so it, it was it was underrated too. Like no one talked about it when it came out, but everyone did a it's great job. It's because it's such a like it's not a normal story, but it's a story we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And and but they just the way the movie plays out is so good. Yeah. I mean, it got an Academy Award for Best Cinematography, I think. Yeah, but that's that's all of. About... What's the cinematographer? I know his name, bro. Fuck, he he he's like the best one every time he makes something. Roger Deakins. Deakins, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, like I'm not super into like the technical parts, but I've I've heard his name, and I haven't heard any other cinematographers. So. <laughs> right, Sicario. Yes. Oh my God. Skyfall, you did Shawshank Redemption, Goat. Oh my God, Skyfall is really good too. Unbroken, mm. um, mediocre. <laughs> it won awards though. Um, yeah, I don't see anything else that I feel like I need to mention. Blade Runner, the new. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Was that shit looked so good. No Country for Old Men. Great. Wow. (laughs) So many gems. The original Fargo. That was good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, he has some... I watched the show for a little bit. Uh, The show was actually pretty funny. It was, yeah. I like. And you have to have, like, the the special sense of humor for it. Yeah. But it's good, man. It It was a weird mix of... Funny and suspenseful at the same time. Right. I like that. I I don't know another show that does it like that yeah. either. Um, I, I got since we got like some extra time to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I got to talk about Game of Thrones for a little bit. Good, you got it. Uh, so you know, first two episodes were pretty uneventful, and I really didn't have much to say. Mm-hmm. Then episode three happened. What just happened? Five or six? Uh, five, I believe. Five, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and episode three, I know people. Some some people bitch that it was too dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was. I, heard that, I yeah. thought it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not fucking blind like all of y'all, but <laughs> I could see what was going on, and like, you know, I I love that they did it at night. It was fitting to you know what the White Walkers are, and mm-hmm. just the whole episode was a battle, and I loved how. I loved how as the episode went on, there was just this increasing feeling of despair. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a point in, in the episode where it felt like every character was going to die. Like, mm-hmm. sure, there was a genuine point. I don't know if any show or movie really does that, especially to that well. But, like, there was, really was a point where you felt like it's it's over. Like, the bad guys are about to win. <laughs> Right. And the, and the twist at the end was pretty cool. Like, it was, it caught me off guard, even though, like, thinking back on it, I don't know why it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was, it was a great episode. And, and the show has been progressing at such a, at such a patient pace. Like, it, mm-hmm. there's so many great character moments for the people who've been watching the show. Like, there's so many great small comedic moments just from, you know, for characters that had, you know, certain relationships in the past or just 
characters who have changed from previous seasons. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. I, I completely understand why it costs you know fifteen million an episode. It costs fifteen million an episode. I'm pretty. It was something insane like that. Wow. That's why they were getting mad. I don't know if you saw the the Starbucks cup. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That that was kind of embarrassing, but you know. I, I, but the thing is, who really cares? I mean, I I know. I'm kind of salty. I'm pretty mad. I didn't notice it because, like, looking back at it, it was at such a, it was in such a like exposed position in the in the yeah. scene. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, yeah, just like I'm not gonna fucking hate a show for one mistake, right? And so many people didn't see it until after, right? So obviously, it wasn't that big of a right. deal. Yeah. Okay. And then what else? What about the last one? Last uh, yeah, man, it's it set up some interesting things. Uh, the the like the final conflict. And, and and Cersei has been a great villain. She's just she's so cold, so fucking evil. And mm-hmm. and they're they're setting up a very interesting potential scenario with uh, Jamie Lannister, and obviously the people who watch the show know who I'm talking about. But I'm really interested to see where his character, like where his character, ends up towards the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just I've been having a lot of fun watching it. I, I know people have been finding shit to hate on it, but I think it's been great. Yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting when the actors are doing other things. Yeah, while the while the show is going on, mm-hmm. um, I think that's kind of cool. It, it just shows I think that the show is such a big deal to everybody. Yeah. That's cool. I I can't remember a show, and I don't watch the show, but I can't remember a show that was this epic for so many people. Right. Like Game of Thrones is. Um. Yeah, I can't think of any any of them. Um. Since since we gave out a movie gem, and and I think especially come summertime, we're gonna do this a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started watching a little show from Showtime called Homeland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm two episodes in, and I gotta say, I mean, it's it started off pretty well. It's on like it's six seasons. Yeah, right? I'm behind. I know. No, no, no. I'm I'm just saying. I I know it's popular because I wanted to watch it too, but I didn't have. When I was at <clears> school, I didn't have a way to watch yeah. it. Yeah. But now I do. And, have one. and my thing with uh, a lot of shows is you really have to capture your like the viewer's attention in those first couple episodes. Yeah, and the first episode is really good. Okay. So that's 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 like a little gem because I have heard a lot about it, and you know I've I used to see Showtime like really pushing it to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I'm getting into it, I'm happy that I have a bunch of seasons that I could get through. You know, yeah. by the time I catch up, I think it comes back in the fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll probably catch up right around the time it comes back. Okay. So, there are some movies too I'm excited about coming up soon. Yeah. What What do you think about that movie? That bright. Yeah, well, that's bright one of them for sure. I want to see. I'm that. curious. They They're playing with the superhero thing. I'm all for it. 
Yeah, that looks fire. Yeah, man. And I, I saw one of the one of the more recent trailers, uh, Elizabeth Banks is in it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, they have like cuz the first couple trailers I'm like, like, wow, there's really no big actors. Like it's just kind of a small movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh and I think I, I don't know if it's her husband or boyfriend in the movie, but he's a guy I've seen a lot too. Okay. The guy who was and this is an obscure way to remember him, but he was in the office. He was the one that Pam dumped to be with Jim. <laughs> that is obscure. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Like I watch Office from time to time, just randomly on Comedy Central. So right, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Brightburn's definitely I'm excited for. The kid's gonna make or break it though. Yeah, he, he's got to so sell too. it. Like his little scream at the end of the trailer is a little. Like, uh, is he going to look kind of weird trying to be evil? Similar right. to the kid, uh, you watched Looper, right? Yeah, yeah. I thought the kid in that was, was kind of off. <laughs> I agree. Like, he was just, like, just stupidly evil, and it, you just didn't really buy it, and he didn't really sell it just because he was just kind of childish about it. Yeah. And I think... And the thing is, when everyone else is nice, and you're just evil right, for no reason... Right. I mean, in the writing and in the acting, it just is something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but John Wick is another one I'm gonna see for sure. Yeah, it looks intense as always. Yeah, and again, and and what I love about John Wick is they they know they don't need to take it too seriously. They yeah. know they don't need to write Keanu fucking Oscar delivery lines. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they could just let him do his fucking combat thing that he trains year-round for. Uh, mm-hmm. Similar to Tom Cruise and shit. Yeah. Um, but uh, th- I think there was one more. I can't remember it right now, but... I guess Spider-Man is another one, but that's a little bit later. Uh, Dark Phoenix? I'm, I'm probably no. going to see it. But you're not But excited? I'm not too excited for it. Wow, okay. But I'll be uh, like, I'm not gonna go in with negative expectations because I, I enjoy the X Men movies. I'm ready for an X Men in game. <laughs> I'm ready for like a. <laughs> and I'm ready for people to start. It dying seems now. like Dark Phoenix is gonna start killing people off. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and it like they. It looks pretty dramatic. Yeah, they have a reason to come together, so that's something. Yeah, you know. And we talked about Apocalypse for a second on here one time. Yeah. And I watched it recently on TV. And the build-up was just way too long. Like, the first hour and ten minutes <laughs> was all story and build-up. And then the last 25 minutes was fighting. And then at the end of the day, all they had to do was something very simple. Like, that's whack. Go, go, I hate going that. Back, you know what I hate going back to, to that movie? Um, his, his team building, uh-huh. why does he get three bums and Magneto? Yeah, that was, it was very awkward. <laughs> he gets four yeah. horsemen and like, they just throw in, uh, the, the chick, the, you know, Halle Berry replacement, uh, yeah. Storm. And then the wing guy is like a complete joke. A complete joke, yeah. <laughs> like it was just weird. It just was so yeah. stiff. Like, why would you introduce characters this way? At least, like Olivia Munn's character had, 
like a little bit of something there. Like there was a little bit of an introduction to who she is and like what yeah. her what she's been doing at least when he found she her. Had a, a little bit of edge. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Because after the beginning, um, Storm and what is it, Angel? I guess they had no personality None. after. Like they didn't have another line. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like like, like Magneto that. for sure, and he probably had you know every scene was great with him, but yeah. the other three just made no sense. And you look like going back to I'm like, like no no wonder the fucking X Men won. Why would you pick up these bums? <laughs> right. Four horsemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a waste yeah. of Oscar Isaac. A waste of all of them. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, Olivia Munn. I don't like her, but. I feel like they put her in movies just to be just like as a heartthrob kind of thing. Like they know people want to see her. So they put her in the movie. Yeah. Cause I haven't seen any like real good performance from her yet. Me personally, I haven't, but in that movie, I, I just didn't understand any of the casting for the people who were only in that movie, mm-hmm. the storm. And you know, it was just, it was just awkward. They just didn't do a good job overall. Yeah. It's like they planned for something big and it just wasn't big. Um, the beginning was good, but then it's like it was too short because they had to just clear it all up really fast. Right. The finished fight scene was really only like 10 minutes of like brutal action. And the thing is, um, the X-Men should all... They should have been able to just wash Angel and Storm in reality. Like, right now, right, that's what I'm saying. the old X-Men would have ended Angel and Storm. Wolverine like, alone would have whooped the fuck out of him. Like, yeah. Could have just went Logan versus fucking Apocalypse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they wasted so much time fighting them. And they split up and, like, beat, took down two X-Men each. Like, that was, it just didn't make any sense. The thing is, I know it's sci-fi, superhero, it's not supposed to be realistic, but when they have powers, realistically, Angel should have uh, been... Avengers fucked all out. that up, bro. Now yeah, now there's have... a certain expectation of these superhero movies. Like, you can't just... Unless you set up, like, a, a joking kind of... Uh, like, like a Deadpool type of thing. Yeah. Like, unless that's the tone you're going for... Like, no, fans expect more now. And Shazam, right? Oh, Shazam, for sure. Yeah. Oh, another movie I forgot, and and I wasn't excited for this, but I've been reading some stuff about it. Uh, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I thought you said you didn't want to see that before. I know, and now you do. everything I'm seeing about it has been positive. Bro, did you see they're trying to do a petition for a Super Smash Brothers universe? <laughs> Yeah, I'm dead. I'm serious. sure you are. People are getting out of hand. Oh, I'm signing it. What are you talking about? Yo, I hate petitions. So I hate petitions, bro. <laughs> hey, I hate the concept they... of like what they are, dude. If Mario gathers up, <laughs> if Mario gathers up Sonic, Pikachu, and Yoshi, oh, speaking of man, Sonic looks fucking awful. Yeah, man. I'm still going to see it, but it does look kind of wild. James Mar- like 
Who did I see in there? James yeah, Marsden? I was going to say, why does James Marsden just do all this Pinnacle random... Pinnacle of mediocrity. If not below <laughs> mediocrity. He was in another movie like this, I think. I need to look it up. Because he definitely was in another movie where <laughs> he had to... Another animated character, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not guaranteeing that I'm going to see Detective Pikachu, but I am curious. If I find some time, I'll check it out. Yeah, that's one I probably won't go see alone. But if someone I know wants to see it, I might check it out. Brightburn and John Wick are on top of my list, though. Yeah, me too, probably, right now, yeah. And I'm going to see Dark Phoenix for sure. Yeah, I have to. You know, I've yeah. watched like every X Men movie up to this point. Yeah, I've probably yeah. seen all of them multiple times too. Yeah, me too. I, I'm pretty sure I've watched Last Stand several times, and it's been like deleted out of the timeline. <laughs> Last Stand. Why do people hate on Last Stand? <laughs> it's very messy. It's messy, but it's good. <laughs> It's good if you like the characters. Yeah. I can see people who don't like all the characters think it's trash. But. Yeah, I think it gets hated on a little too much. Yeah, a little. I got you. Yeah. They did make Juggernaut pretty awful. <laughs> that truck scene. Yeah. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh, yeah. man. All right. All right. Let's get out of here. Um. Uh, this is my gem from 070075. It's called Off the Porch. Yeah, yeah. Just let me take a little time, let me medicate. Yeah. Just let me meditate. Let me take a little time, let me medicate. Okay, let's bring this shit back for the feeling. Women in love with me because I be naturally building. And given the circumstances of the world, that's a breath of fresh air. So they say I be naturally healing. And this winter 18 was a different season. Used to do this for the money, I got different reasons. I'm just here to be a light for my brothers. Cause coming from the struggles, we ain't never have shit to believe in. Wrote this at 5.30 in New Jersey While everybody's sleeping I'm dreaming of Willie Beeman Doing it for the team And nothing could come in between it Everything ain't what it's seeming You could get it if you need it uh, I can't let you get the best of me Just get the bag and keep on working That's the recipe My slime told me that when we were sipping Hennessy And ever since Came up in this bitch with different energy uh, My last year being broke that's where the 12 I was moved by that quote. My crib was unhealthy, I would move when the roads pop out. Now I tell Brody, let the ghost pop out. Get inspired by my niggas. I never been a hater. I'm mad that I'm off the radar, they'll surely be on it later. No favors, no favors. Spanish cheek, I know papers. But wanna be a citizen in civilization. Where the president is racist and he ain't afraid to say it. Can't even read the paper, man, this shit is heartbreaking. And they say I only rap about the pain that I can't stray from. But when I step outside, I feel like I just caught a straight one. Woo. 
Cash ruined everything around me, and that's true. Talking to my youth that always found me with new shoes. Said he wanna get some Jordans for his feeder, like some of them new Adidas. Really, just I is seeking happiness in these sneakers. That's really all we have. So when in high fashion, no, I'm really probably sad. But I'ma get this bag, move my family out the country, like how they booted my dad with his pencil and his pad. I'll get busy. Like how much do it take for you to get me? And we can start from scratch and make a track for the hippies. Try to box me in, I promise you'll never get me. It tricked me out of position. Quiet, I'd rather listen. Look, I used to be a contradiction. Till I bossed up, had to change my way of living, change my way of thinking. Chill with all the lean, had to change my way of drinking. Now I got this shit jinking, nigga. Step up. My nigga, step up. Just had to take a little time. Let me medicate. Let me medicate. Had to take a little time just to meditate. So tonight for all you niggas that's in here, y'all living better than y'all was last year because y'all focused. You doing better than you was last year because you on your shit. Huh? You the breadwinner for your motherfucking family. You take care of your kids, your mama, and everybody. Because you motherfucking focused. Niggas talk about how you fell off when it's all about how you get back. All right, that was uh, zero seventy five. Yeah, that sounded good. Off the porch. Yeah, he can rap. Yeah. Um. Any uh, last words to touch on? Uh, no. We should be back Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably you know, Sixers pulled it out tonight. Yeah. Uh, credit to them for showing up, man. Yeah, they outplayed the Raptors today. Maybe you wish Boston could have done this, but, you know, that's what happens when leaders bad. Yep. End of an era in Boston. Okay. Um, as always, a throwback to take us home. Uh... I feel like I've played some Lauren Hill on here before, but I mean, can you have too much <laughs> Lauren Hill? Uh, nah. Um, this is Nothing Even Matters by Lauren Hill and D'Angelo. We'll be back Sunday for yeah, episode thanks, 54. Thanks for listening. Yep.
Your love makes me feel ten feet tall Without it I go through withdrawal Cause nothing even matters at all Nothing even matters Nothing even matters at all Nothing even matters These buildings could drift out to sea Still there's no place I'd rather be Cause nothing even matters to me See nothing even matters See nothing even matters to me Nothing even matters Nothing even matters I sometimes have a tendency to look at you religiously, baby Cause nothing even matters to me Nothing even matters Nothing even matters to me Sit it on baby, baby oh. Now you won't find me at no store I have no time Manicures with you it's never either Cause nothing even matters No more See nothing it don't matter See nothing even matters No more Nothing even matters Nothing even matters no Now I'll take the score And make it to the final that's my fault, my fault, fault Cause nothing even matters No more Nothing even matters Nothing even matters Oh, uh -huh.